Salam Salam from Center City. This is the Rorschach Ethiopia update from the 20th of October 2022. A quick summary of what's going down in Ethiopia. The UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres said on Monday the 18th that the situation in Ethiopia was out of control. As always, he urged Ethiopian government and the Tigray People's Liberation Front, or TPLF, to put an end to the conflict. However, the Prime Minister's National Security Advisor, Redwan Hussein, hit back saying that the situation in Ethiopia was under control and everything was going according to plan. Redwan said that the government is waiting for the African Union, or AU, to say when the peace talks will be held in South Africa. He also said that humanitarian aid and other essential services will start to be provided soon. A few days after Advisor Redwan made that statement on Thursday the 20th, he revealed that the AU chose a date to hold the talks. The peace negotiation in South Africa, which was postponed because of logistical issues, will be held on Monday the 24th. Recall that both the federal government and the TPLF have accepted the AU's invitation. Meanwhile, the U.S., Britain, Germany, Australia, Denmark, and the Netherlands have released a joint statement urging the war in the North to stop and peace talks to be held immediately. The statement asked the government and the TPLF to allow unhindered humanitarian access to war-torn areas. The countries also have asked the Eritrean army to stop participating in the conflict and withdraw from Ethiopia. Ambassador Meles Alem, the spokesperson of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, said that the joint statement contained, quote, nothing new, and that it was what Western countries have been saying all along. Ambassador Mellis added that the federal government is, quote, ready for peace. Another European nation also wants the conflict to be over. Ireland has been repeatedly asking the UN Security Council to hold meetings regarding the war. However, this act has infuriated the federal government. On Friday the 14th, Deputy Prime Minister and Minister of Foreign Affairs, Demike Mukonen, wrote a letter to the Irish government saying that Ireland has undermined Ethiopia's sovereignty and territorial integrity since the executive does not want other countries deliberating and deciding what Ethiopia should do. In this letter, he also threatened to cut all diplomatic ties with Ireland if the, quote, attack did not stop. The strife between the countries isn't new. In November of last year, the Ethiopian government told four diplomats working in the Irish embassy in Addis to leave because of the country's stance on the war. Still, the international community is concerned about the consequences of the conflict, Martin Griffiths, UN humanitarian affairs official and emergency support coordinator, expressed his concern regarding the safety of civilians and aid workers in the city of Shrey in northern Tigray. On Friday the 14th, he said that two frontline aid workers were injured. He urged both the TPLF and the government to come to terms, but until then, he asked them to ensure the safety of civilians and aid workers. On Tuesday the 18th, Vedant Patel, the spokesperson of the U.S. State Department, said that Iran had violated a U.N. Security Council resolution by supplying armed drones to the Ethiopian government. 
The statement comes after the U.S. confirmed that Iran sold Mahajir 6 fighter drones to the executive, which was used to attack the TPLF back in the summer of 2021. States are normally allowed to sell weapons to other countries, but what makes this story interesting is the fact that the Security Council had banned Iran from selling weapons. On that note about conflicts, recall that when the war started in the Amara region, Waldia, a city close to the war zone, introduced several restrictions, including a ban on consuming and selling chat, an addictive and stimulating plant. However, on Monday the 18th, the city's Peace Council decided to lift most restrictions, including the chat ban. Restrictions that still apply include a 9 p.m. curfew, wearing law enforcement uniforms, and carrying arms. The 10th installment of the TANA Forum, a forum prepared by the Addis Ababa University to discuss the peace, stability, and security of Africa, was held in the Barda on Saturday the 15th and Sunday the 16th. Numerous prominent guests were at the forum, including Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed, his deputy, Demike Mekonen, Sudan's head of state, General Abdul Fattah al-Buran, Somalia's PM, Hamza Abdi Bar, and U.S. Special Envoy of the Horn of Africa, Ambassador Mike Hammer. At the forum, some African scholars asked Hammer why the U.S. was heavily meddling in African issues. He responded that he didn't believe that Africa could solve its own problems, and that's why the U.S. was involved. He also reminded participants that no other country or institution had helped and invested more in Africa than the U.S. Since we mentioned Addis Ababa, the city council held its first assembly of the year on Friday the 14th. The city's cabinet was reshuffled as Dr. Kine Yadoda was named the city's land development and administration officer, and Lydia Gurma was appointed as Peace and Stability Administration Bureau officer. But the headline of the assembly was the council's decision to lift the immunity of Habiba Omar, a member of the council and head of Subsidies Land Administration Bureau. Habiba is suspected of land fraud, and the Ministry of Justice will presumably press charges against her soon. Speaking of the fraud in Addis, a few months back, housing draws were held and the results were scrapped because of fraud. People in charge of holding the draw tampered with software to include names of people who weren't originally in the raffle. The city's mayor, Adenu Chabebe, told the council that preparations to hold the draw again are underway and will be completed soon, but she didn't say exactly when. More news on Addis, as Deputy Mayor Turatu Bayunu told the Ethiopian news agency that residents will be able to renew their expired IDs by November. He said that secure and digitally identifiable papers are being printed at the moment. Recall that the city administration banned ID renewal services because of the ID forgery. He added that government employees involved in these frauds have been identified and will be held accountable. In business news, on Friday the 14th, the National Bank revealed a list of products that companies are not allowed to import for an indefinite period of time. The list includes cars running on fuel and foods such as fish, pork, chicken, chocolate, and gum, among others. Liquor, cigarettes, and non-alcoholic drinks have also been banned. The National Bank said that this decision was made to control foreign currency rates in the black market. The bank predicts that the ban will reduce the demand for foreign currency by 50%.
Speaking of the black market, the Finance Intelligence Service has found that 13 sports betting companies have been involved in buying foreign currency from the parallel market. The authorities said that it has frozen the companies and the owners' accounts and will pursue legal action. Sports betting is very popular in Ethiopia and is becoming a concern. A few months back, the Ministry of Women and Social Affairs announced plans to ban betting entirely. Given that the government earns a lot in taxes from sports betting, it seems unlikely that the plan will ever materialize. There was more business news this past week as the Ministry of Industry asked Japanese car manufacturing giant Toyota to set up an assembly plant in Ethiopia. The ministry made this request when a team of delegates led by industry minister Malaku Alubel were in Japan for a work trip. Toyota is willing to invest in Ethiopia and has accepted the request. Toyota also agreed to provide training to Ethiopians on practices that boost industrial productivity. Apart from Toyota, the team of delegates visited the Japan Productivity Center and the Union of Japanese Scientists and Engineers. And that's it for this week. We are thinking of having some special conversations, like interviews but less interviewee, about Ethiopia with knowledgeable, interesting people. We are looking for volunteers, and we'll do the editing. We just need someone to hold the conversation. If you're interested, you can write to us at ethiopia at rorschach.com. That's R-O-R-S-H-O-K.com. And let's explore the possibilities. Ciao.